Hallelujah. If that's your prayer, why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord? Come on, he's in this building. Let's love him all across this house. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, let's love him. Let's love him, church. Hallelujah, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I praise you. Every hand lifted, every eye closed. Let's love him. Come on. When Jesus fills the room, anything is possible. Healings can happen. Deliverance can happen. When Jesus fills this room, God, we worship you. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Come on, right where you are. Continue to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's nobody like Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord and uh, to be in God's presence. As we've mentioned, happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. Amen. Let's give them a hand one more time in Jesus' name. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms along with their teachers. Everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids. And God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. For everyone else, if we could turn open in our Bibles to the book of Judges chapter 5. And beginning in verse number 6, Judges chapter 5. Judges chapter 5 and verse number 6. Again, welcome to all of our guests and our visitors. We're so honored to have you. We would love to have you come back. If you want, on Tuesday night, we gather together as a church and we pray. And uh, it's an awesome opportunity to just get a hold of God. And as well as Wednesday night, we're doing our Search for Truth Bible study. We are going from Genesis to Revelations. And so uh, we just got started a couple weeks ago on that. So you're not missing out if you jump in now. Amen. And so it's going to be a great time. Bring your notepad, as was mentioned, so you can take down some notes and uh, praying that God will help us grow in his word. Judges chapter 5 and verse number 6. The Bible says, In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied. The travelers walked through byways. In other words, they kept having to take the road less traveled. Amen. They had to cut paths and break trail just to get where they were going. The highways were unoccupied and they went through the byways. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. Everybody was confined to their home. Sounds a little bit like 2020. They didn't go out stayed in their home they were scared they were afraid they ceased in all of israel the entire nation was under this oppression of the canaanites they all ceased in israel until that i deborah arose that i arose a mother in israel they chose new gods, and when they did that, war came into the gates. Was there a shield or a spear seen among 40,000 in Israel? She lists out, and this is the song of Deborah. You can read about the account. The difference between Judges chapter 4 and Judges chapter 5 is Judges 4 is the telling of the story from the earthly perspective. But Judges chapter 5 is a song. It is a song of Deborah and of Barak. And being a prophetess, she is writing this from heaven's perspective. And she writes that when they chose new gods, 
That's when war started. Amen. And everything was wrecked and bad until I, Deborah, arose, a mother in Israel. Now, you got two options as a preacher on holidays. You can ignore it and just preach about Melchizedek, or you can just lean right into it. Amen. So today, I want to preach to all the mothers. Now, gentlemen, you come back for Father's Day. I got a word for you. But I want to preach to all the mothers in the house of the Lord, all the ladies, on this subject. When mothers arise. Amen. When mothers arise. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray that the Lord would speak to us. I believe that God can speak to every individual. I believe there's a word in this for every individual. Pray that God, you would speak to me and through me. Amen, God, that you'd open up our ears and open up our understanding that we might understand the Scriptures. Pray that you would let an outpouring of revival happen in this house. Hallelujah. Let it rest upon every woman, upon every mother, upon every household, upon every child. Amen. God, I believe that even the men are going to receive a word from you today. Would you lift up your voice and give God a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated here today. Amen. When mothers arise. Israel, in our text, is repeating a cycle of forsaking God. In fact, you will find this the entire way through the book of Judges. That the people of God go off into apostasy. They go off and they reject God. And they end up being the bondservants, the slaves, or ultimately uh, just afflicted by another nation. And this text today tells us that because they forsook God, they ended up serving Sisera for 20 years. The Bible says that Sisera's oppression was a mighty oppression. It was so intense, the Bible uses, and the Bible doesn't use uh, phrases, and it doesn't use things just because it's trying to show something to us. In Judges chapter 4 and verse 3, it says that Sisera, who afflicted them for 20 years, had 900 chariots of iron. Now this, this is a symbolic thing to the children of Israel because David would later write, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Chariots were depicted in the book of Exodus as the Pharaoh was chasing them down. They knew they couldn't outrun Pharaoh because he chased them with chariots. And so when the Bible says that Sisera afflicted them mightily with 900 chariots, that's bad. But the fact that it's not just 900 chariots, it's 900 chariots of iron. These are chariots that are not easily broken, chariots that are not easily taken down. And now Israel has fallen into this oppression. This sets the stage for the song of Judges chapter 5. At the time, the major trade routes were controlled by the Philistines and by the Canaanites. The roadways were being patrolled by these 900 chariots of iron. The roadways that were well trodden were in the, in the past were no longer being used by the Israelites out of fear of attack. The land was full of anarchy and confusion. No public road was safe because of the enemies of God's people and because of opportunistic bandits. People were using this moment of chaos to their advantage. These roads were constructed before Israel got there, but they were used by Israel for a time in a place of commerce, much like our highways are today. But for the children of Israel, these highways served a much greater purpose than just making money and just commerce and just getting from point A to point B. This road, this highway, these highways, they all led somewhere. They led to what would eventually be the temple, but at this moment was the tabernacle. It led them to the house of God. It led them to the presence of God. It led them to church. Hallelujah. Thank God for the highway that led us to church. 
Praise God. Lamentation chapter 1 and verse 4 depicts this. Amen. As Israel compete, com, com, finishes out and continues in the pattern of forsaking God. As Jeremiah is seeing the nation of Israel led away into captivity. In Lamentations 1 and 4 he writes, The roads to Zion mourn, for none come to the festival. All her gates are desolate. These highways and these roads were meant to be the roads they traveled on, on the pilgrimage to get to the tabernacle, to get to the temple. It was what they took as a pilgrimage every multiple times a year at the different feasts and festivals. We've got one coming up here uh, as we celebrate at the end of this month the day of Pentecost, which was a festival in Israel. Everybody has to go to Jerusalem as a pilgrimage, and the way you got there is you took the highways. But when the children of Israel had fallen into idolatry and war sprung out, the highways were desolate and no longer used. Uh, amen. Because of this, they were not able to be in the presence of God. Amen. In fact, it was on this, these highways you later find in the book of Matthew. Jesus, his parents lose him. And they lost him on their pilgrimage. They left him at the temple. Amen. These roads were a way to get to church, a way to get to the temple, a way to get to the presence of God. But now, because of their, uh, their bondage, it stopped Israel from being able to get to the presence of God. It stopped Israel from using the highways to get to the tabernacle. And as a result, amen, I want to tell you, when you can't make it to the house of God, when you can't get to the presence of God, it affects you. Amen. Our world is affected because they're not in the presence of the Lord. Our world's affected and our society's being affected because they can't make it and they've not made it to the church of the living God. Amen. It does something to our psyche. It does something to our spirit. Amen. As a result of this, they felt downtrodden. They started to lose their sense of identity. you got to understand, the children of Israel were not known based on the color of their skin. They were not known based on any other thing. They were known by the God they worshipped. The only thing that separated the Israelite from everybody else around them was they served the one true living God, and him only did they worship. But because of bondage and affliction, they're losing their identity because they can't take the highway to the festivals, to the feasts, to the tabernacle, to the presence of God. Times are so tough that by verse 7, the Bible says, even the mighty men or the warriors disappeared off the scene. Even the men stepped and bowed out and said, well, I don't even want to engage in this fight. Because they were cut off from the tabernacle, Israel turned to idolatry, because I want to help you here today. Idolatry is one of the base sins of mankind. Amen. Because people think, well, idolatry is something that somebody does uh, when they have a statue. No, it's in our nature, our sinful fallen nature, because we were created to worship. Every person in this building, every person on the bar stool, every person across our city, whether they like it or not, they were created to worship. And idolatry is when we don't worship the right thing. Amen. It comes out of us in other areas because the highways had been blocked and stopped and the cities and the villages ceased and people were not able because of fear to get to the presence of the Lord. They started finding other things to worship. I have found time and time again when people, amen, get isolated, they start worshiping all sorts of stuff. When people get disconnected from God, they start making other things God. I want to tell you, could I put a shameless plug for the church? This is why you got to get out of isolation and you got to come to the house of the Lord. Because we've got a God that we worship and he's not made with hands. We were made by his hands. We've got a God that's all powerful, all knowing, and he's the only one worthy of worship. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise today. Amen. So this, this idolatry just came out because they... Because they were not focused on worshiping God, they found something else to worship. I, I, I'm not, I didn't come to preach this, but worship is intentional. If we are not intentional of our worship of God, we will unintentionally worship other things. 
Amen. That's why people in the middle of the summer be out on their boat instead of being in church. Because when they're not focused intentionally on worshiping the Lord, they're going to find something else. There's nothing wrong with being on a boat. Praise God. I hope you get one. Uh, but they'll, when, when they don't worship God, they all of a sudden start worshiping their work. The hours. They start worshiping other things because it becomes an idol to them. This common echo we hear over and over again in the book of Judges. They fell into idolatry, and then bondage shows up. Amen. In, in fact, it says they chose new gods. Notice this for a minute. They chose. They chose new gods. This was a volitional choice. Amen. This was not something that happened by accident. This was an act of their will. Man, when they did not choose, they did not use their will to choose God. They used their will to choose something else that was not God. The consequences of their choice was a war that they were not prepared to handle. The Bible says not a sword or a shield or a spear was found among 40,000 soldiers. Israel was unarmed. Israel was unequipped. The children of Israel had no physical weapons because they had lost the spiritual war by compromise and following after other gods. The situation couldn't be more dire. Amen. I know this is intense and this is a little tough. I, I really, I'm setting it up for you here today. You got to see the tension Deborah's living under. Amen. The tension that Deborah's living under, it's a dire situation. It can't be more harsh than 20 years of military occupation. Think about it. We only had a, a couple months of people being locked away in their homes. Uh, but for 20 years, they didn't get out on the highways. For 20 years, uh, the economy collapsed. Uh, for 20 years, anarchy ran, ran just went around running rampant. Uh, amen. The economy was collapsing. The moral decay of the society was going down and getting worse and now they're in a war that they're not prepared for you see how intense this is amen uh, the great depression i think was only 10 years long or so and look at how much it affected our world amen this is 20 years of hard oppression amen until everybody shout until all of this was going on until, the Bible says, until I arose, a mother in Israel. Amen. All 20 years of oppression, all 20 years of moral decay, all 20 years of war they're not prepared for, all 20 years of idolatry, all 20 years of heartache, all 20 years of isolation, until... I've come to preach to some mothers today about until. Until is a phrase indicating that prior to Deborah, the situation was dire. Prior to Deborah, things weren't looking too hot. Until implies a situation will come to an end or a change of circumstances. Amen. When something begins to shift. When Deborah arrived things changed everything was messed up until Deborah everything was going down until Deborah in the midst of this anarchy this war and idolatry Deborah arose now I want you to notice this for a moment because this was the pivotal moment in Israel this is the moment when her nation turned around. This is the moment when her family turned around. I want every mother and every woman to listen to me. Everything was messed up. Everything was dire. They did not know what to do. And I've come to preach to some ladies here today that you're in a dire situation. You don't know what to do. You don't know how things are going to change. And everything was going down until. And the moment that Deborah rose up, things began to change. Notice how Deborah describes. Deborah does not describe herself as a judge, as a politician, as a prominent figure in Israel. When Deborah writes this down, she describes herself as a mother. Amen. You'd think that she would want to another title over her life. You know, maybe, maybe I need something that's, because that's what our world would tell you. You need another title to be important. 
you need, you need to have a couple letters before or after your name to be important. Uh, that mother's not enough. In fact, they would tell mothers that are stay-at-home mothers that, that they need to go do something else as well because that's not really a job. I, I want every mother to laugh at that for a moment. Because you know how tough it would be. Uh, amen. Uh, I, I, I've never been a mother, nor will I ever be. As much as the world wants to tell us that men can be. Uh, but I know what it is to be a kid and see my mother struggle. And see my mother day in and day out. Uh, she wasn't perfect. She was flawed all right. Uh, but let me tell you, she kept going. Uh, and she kept doing it uh, in spite of how she felt. Because uh, that's what moms do. She didn't use another title. She described herself as a mother. Amen. She describes herself as a mother in Israel. Deborah, why'd you rise up? Well, it's because I'm a judge. Deborah, why'd you rise up? It's because I've got an education. Deborah, why'd you rise up? It's because, uh, because I had an ambition to do something. No, 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 no. Deborah, why'd you rise up? She simply penned the words, because I am a mother in Israel. I want to preach to every mother. The Bible doesn't say that she was looking to make a name for herself or that she was acting out some personal glorification. She was simply being what she was at her identity. She was just being a mom. She saw herself as a maternal figure providing guidance and protection for the people of Israel. She saw her nation going down as much as a mother would see her kids go in the wrong direction. And something rose up in the heart of this mother by the name of Deborah that said, I don't want my nation going that direction. If I wouldn't want my kids going that direction, I certainly don't want my nation going that direction. Amen. Isn't that just like the spirit of motherhood? The selflessness of motherhood involves a significant amount of sacrifice. Mothers prioritize their children's needs, uh, providing love, support, and guidance, often at the expense of their own desires and personal time. I've come to uplift some mothers here today. Amen. They make sacrifices. Uh, they adjust their schedules. They give up personal pursuits. Uh, they make decisions uh, based on what's best for their children, not what's easiest for them. Uh, they may forego career opportunities, social engagements, uh, or personal personal hobbies uh, to ensure that their children and their families are cared for and nurtured. Uh, mothers undertake undesirable tasks uh, like feeding, bathing, changing, dressing, uh, and comforting their children in moments when they're tired uh, and, and they, they, they themselves are tired uh, or they themselves are unwell. They ensure their children's safety, health, and development, often putting their own needs on hold. Uh, they listen. They, emphasize, they em em empathize. Uh, they help their children navigate life's challenges, uh, and they act, they act as pillars of strength uh, in times of uncertainty for their kids. Thank God for moms. I think we ought to give every mother a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Deborah saw the highway to church empty. Deborah saw the people burdened by fear. Deborah saw the merchants no longer doing business. Deborah saw nobody else rising up. And she knew that, 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 that as, as this is all going on, she looks around her society and she watches as people erect statues to false deities and to false gods as if it wasn't enough that they were going through it. Now they're starting to bring about war and they're starting to bring about idolatry. And it's in this moment that Deborah Deborah makes it up in her mind. I will not sit back and do nothing. I will not stay here. Something rose up in the heart of Deborah. Deborah rose up and said, we're going to do something about this. Deborah rose up and said, there's got to be something to change. I've come to preach to every woman that God put something in your heart. That when you see things come in your home, even something rises up and you says, not here, not in this place. Can I preach to some mothers uh, that you see your kids go in a direction and something rises up and you says, not my kids. Uh, even you see your kids hanging out with certain other kids uh, that are not good examples. Uh, and you might love those other kids, uh, but something rises up in you and says, no, not my family, uh, not my children. Oh, somebody clap your hands. Hallelujah. 
everything was going down until Deborah rose. And there are, there are ladies in the house of the Lord. I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, do not be silent. My wife already talked about it a little bit. Don't be quiet. Hallelujah. Don't be silent. Amen. On our world's current system and on the agenda of all of this world. Uh, amen. Don't, don't let our world, don't let the school system, don't let the politicians, uh, don't let some social activists uh, convince your child. Uh, amen. Other than that which came out of your birth canal. Uh, that they're a different gender. That they're not good enough. That they're not pretty enough. Uh, I want to help somebody. Uh, don't let our world convince your children uh, that they're dysfunctional. That they're messed up. Uh, amen. You're the priestess uh, of your home. Uh, you're the prophetess of your home. It's time women of God to rise up and speak life to your family and speak life to your kids and let them know, honey, God made you right. Let them know, honey, God knew what he was doing when he brought you into this world. Somebody clap your hands. It's time for some moms to rise up and begin to declare there's one God. It's time for some mothers to rise up and teach their children how to live for God. Teach their children how to pray. Somebody clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. Deborah's world sounds a lot like our world. The decline in the social and moral life of our nation is the consequence of our nation's spiritual decline. Everybody's afraid. Well, let's protest. They took the Bible out of the courthouse. They took the Bible. They took the Bible out of the schools. They took prayer out of schools. I want to tell you where we should really get mad. They took it out of homes first. We need some mothers to rise up with their Bibles. We need some praying mothers like my, my, my mother-in-law that'll start anointing their kids in the middle of the night, uh, opening up the scriptures and reading a blessing over them. Uh, we need some mothers uh, in Carson City to rise up uh, and say, doesn't matter what they teach you out there. We need some mothers uh, like Moses' mother uh, that only got him for a couple years. Uh, but as long as she had him, uh, she said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Uh, she looked at Moses uh, and said, Moses, doesn't matter what Egypt teaches you. Uh, you are not an Egyptian. Uh, doesn't matter what Pharaoh tries to offer you and the world tries to offer you. You're a child of God. We need some mothers to rise up and begin to bless the Lord. We need some mothers to rise up and let their kids know you can live right in a wicked world. You can't act right. You can't. You can live for God no matter what's going on around you. Moses, you can refuse how they're trying to raise you. Somebody clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. We need to bring the home. We need to bring the home all the way around. Hallelujah. We need to bring the altars back into the home. We need to bring the Bible back into the home. Well, you know what? Instead of listening to secular music, why don't you listen to worship music in the home? Mama, when you hear it on your kid's uh, uh, iPhone, uh, amen, you hear things you don't like, uh, amen, why don't you take the TikTok off the phone uh, and start putting the Bible app on the phone? Uh, I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. It's going to be war. So you're going to have to rise up. You're going to have to fight. But what would happen if you said, no, we're not listening to that in here. We're not watching that in here. We need some mothers to arise. We need. I'm preaching. While I'm preaching, there's some good elders that, that they know what it is for their mother. You know, some I heard my, my friend, he's, a, he's, a, he's been in church his whole life. And he said, I, I grew up, I had a drug problem. My mom drugged me to church. She drugged me to the altar. She drugged me to prayer meeting. I want to tell you, we need some mothers to rise up. Amen. And say, you know what? You're going to come to prayer meeting whether you like it or not. Listen, train up a child in the way they should go, the affirmative way, the good way, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. We need some moms to rise up and say, listen, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm not here to be your pal. I'm here to be your mother. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. You are going to sit down and hear the teacher. You are going to sit down and hear the preacher. You are going to worship. You are going to praise. But it takes a mother to rise up and say, we're changing some things. We're changing some things. We got some good people in the house of the Lord. Amen. There's some folks, we've already alluded to it, there's some folks in the house of the Lord, you didn't have a, a good mother. But there's a lot of folks here today, if we were to be honest, you are here today because of a good mother. 
You are here today because of a praying mother, of a praying grandmother. You are here today. I want to compliment and thank every woman of God, amen, that is coming to the house of the Lord, and you bring your kids with you. You bring your nieces and nephews. You bring your grandkids. You, they may, their mothers may not bring them, but we got some church mothers that bring people to the house of the Lord. We've got, thank God, for mothers that rise up. I thank God. Coming from the broken background that I came from, uh, the drug home and all this stuff, uh, where I, I, I dealt with a lot of abandonment and challenges with my family. Uh, I thank God for the day that I walked into Cornerstone Pentecostal Church in Spokane, Washington. And when I got to church, uh, amen, I, I, my mother didn't come with me, uh, but I thank God that when I came to church, uh, amen, there were some good church mothers uh, that came alongside me. I'm pastoring today because I got some good church mothers that rose up. And every time I started going a certain direction, they came by, amen, in love and said, you know what, Evan, don't go that direction. You know what, Evan, I see more for you. We need some mothers in the house of the Lord to arise. In 2023, we need some moms in the church. In 2023, we need moms to rise up and take their place. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. Oh, that mothers would arise like Deborah in this post-Christian America. People try to say America's a Christian nation. It, it, it was never a Christian nation. It was a nation built on religious freedom, yes, and a lot of Christian principles. Amen. But it at least had Christian influences. But today, we're living in a post-Christian world. A post-Christian America. And if you want to know what a post-Christian America looks like, look at post-Christian Europe. Look at post-Christian Europe, which started right around World War II. Amen. And this is where we're headed. Amen. But I want to tell you, there's a way for the church to rise up and to take over. And that's when we get the church, which is the mother of us all, to rise up. This is when we get some good church moms to rise up and to raise their kids right and to raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. It's not time to be wishy-washy about our faith. It's not time to be a little bit unconcerned about our world's condition and to treat sin like it's no big deal. This is the time for mothers to rise up and to revive this nation and to revive churches. Because in this, in this society of, of Deborah, not even the men would stand up. Now listen, we got some good men in the house of the Lord. I didn't come to beat down on men. Amen, because that's what our world does. They want to emasculate men. Amen. I know it's Mother Day, but can I preach to the men? Be strong in the Lord. Come on. Put on your armor. Put on your sword. Put on your shield. We need some dads to rise up as well and bring their kids to church and show their kids how to pray and show their kids how to worship. But if the men won't, if the men are passive in this generation, amen, thank God there's no passive men in the house of the Lord today, amen. But if the men are no longer wanting to be men in our world, amen, I want to tell you what God is looking for. He's looking for some Deborahs to rise up. He's looking for some mothers, some mothers to some young boys that are going to raise those young boys to be men, that's going to raise those young boys to live right, that's going to raise those young boys to respect women. We need some mothers to rise up in this generation because our world's in a spiritual decline and we need some church mothers. Somebody lift up your hands. I'm just about done preaching. Lift up your hands. I believe God's going to give a spiritual empowerment to our ladies today, to every mother. Don't be ashamed of who you are. Don't be ashamed of what you are. God created you beautifully and wonderfully and fearfully. Somebody pray. We need some mothers to rise up in this generation. Can I just talk to the mothers for a minute? Rise up, mama, and take those babies to church. Rise up. Well, I, I'm tired. I know you're tired. Take those babies to church. Rise up, mama. 
I know you're worn out. Some of y'all are single mothers. You're working your fingers to the bone. Amen. You've got your hands full with just one. Some of y'all got several kids. But I want to remind you, amen, above and beyond your physical responsibilities and duties in life, there is a much greater responsibility and duty, and that is to raise your children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Rise up, mothers, and teach them to pray. Rise up, mothers, and teach them to worship. Rise up, mothers, and fast until you touch heaven and you shake hell. I'm calling on the powerful mothers of Zion to unleash your spiritual strength and to guide your children on the path of faith. Your role as a mother has got to go beyond just physical needs. It's got to move into the realm of the spirit. Your kids need to see you travail. Your kids need to see you pray. Your kids need to see you worship. Your kids need to see you give. I want to tell you, there's some single moms in the house of the Lord. Your kids are watching you, and you're raising up preachers, and you're raising up missionaries, and they see you struggle, scrape your knees, but you keep rising up. You keep getting up. You're raising a generation that's going to shake this nation. You're raising a generation that's going to shake this city. You're raising a generation that loves God, that loves worship, that loves prayer. Rise up, mama. Rise up. Let's stand and clap our hands all across the building. Come on, let's clap our hands and give God some praise. Rise up, Mom, and teach your children to worship. Sing praises unto God with all your might. Raise your hands in adoration. Dance your heart out before God. And don't care what anybody says. When somebody makes fun of your worship, you just remind them, I've got some kids watching me. <laughs> Deborah, sit down and be quiet. She said, no, I'm a mother in Israel. And my kids are watching me. Mom and dad, moms, and dads, if you're in the house of the Lord, show your kids that worship is not just a ritual, but it's a way to express love and surrender to Jesus. Raise your kids up and let them see that church is not just a religious thing. It's a relational thing. Rise up and teach your children that that the church is more than just a building, but in these sacred walls. Amen. They're going to learn stories of faith. They're going to witness miracles like we've had the last couple of weeks of God healing broken backs and God healing broken hips. Amen. I want to tell you, your kids are watching that, and when they ever wonder, does God heal, they can look back on the time Mama took them to church. Amen. And Sister Jeanette testified of God healing two broken vertebrae. I want to tell you, Mama, rise up and show them that church is a sanctuary in times of trouble rise up and teach them church is not a place of judgment it's a hospital when you're sick that's where you come when you need God that's where you come rise up and teach them the altar's a beautiful place we need some mothers to rise up and teach kids that God is good let me say that again. We need some mothers to rise up and teach their kids and other kids that God is good. I want to tell you, amen, God is good. Living for God is good. Worshiping God is good. Praying is good. Going to church is good. Living right is good. Our world wants to tell you that living for God's just archaic. Man, you taking those kids to church on Sunday? You should take them to T-ball. Man, you taking those kids to church Bible study on Wednesday night? They should be at home playing video games or scrolling on Instagram. God bless you, mothers that have risen up. I said, no, I'm going to teach my kids to live for God. I thank God for every mother. I feel it right now. I've got good news for every mother in the house of the Lord that is rising up in their spirit right now. She said everything was messed up until, until a mother in Israel rose up 
You know what happened after a mother in Israel rose up? The men rose up too. Because let me tell you, there's something in the spirit of a man I'll talk about another time. I ain't going to let my wife do it. She, she gets up. She says, man, we got to clean the house. and We got to do this. And we got to do that. And there's a moment where I'll sit there. and Okay, cool. But then she starts working like, like she's 50 women. She got 50 hands full. And I start feeling a little embarrassed. And it causes me to say, man, I better get up and start doing something. She's making me look bad. Men, don't let your wife out pray you. We're not in competition, but men are competitive. You might as well make it one. Don't let the women in this church out worship you. You ought to, you, when you see them rise up, am I helping ladies? Praise God. When you see those women rise up, a women of Zion and give God great praise. Don't let them dance by themselves. Men, don't let your wife come to church by herself. Well, praise God. Don't let them take those kids to church by themselves. You ought to come with them. You ought to say, hey, you know what? I think, I think it's right that the men be the priests of the home and they lead the home. But in the event that the man won't lead the home, ladies, can I preach to you? you got to rise up anyways. Amen. Because your kids are following after you. Here's the best part. The men rose up and their kids rose up with them. I want to tell you this to mothers right now. Your kids are not safe. But if you let this preaching get in your bones and you let something rise up in your spirit that says, I'm going to pray for my kids. I'm going to pray for my kids until angels from heaven annoy them. You can't, you can't escape a praying mother. You can't escape a praying grandmother. Amen. There's some folks in the house of the Lord. You are here today for no other reason than a praying, praying mother, a praying grandmother. Brother Gideon, you're in the house of the Lord because you had a praying grandmother. Amen. That wouldn't give up. That wouldn't stop praying. Amen. Every time he opened service, he opened service with his grandmother's Bible. Timothy, you're a pastor today because your mother and your grandmother when women arise, when mothers arise, they, they, they make room for their kids to rise up as well. Would you lift up your hands all across this building? There was a mighty victory because a mother said, I'm getting up. Mom, I know, you, I know you're hurting, but can you rise up out of your hurt? Mamas, I know, I know there's moments where you're depressed. I, I know there's moments where, where everything's coming against you, but can you rise up out of the depression? Can you rise up out of the anxiety of all the unknowns? Can you rise up out of the hurt and the pain? Can you rise up out of the rejection? Can you rise up out of the abandonment issues and say, my kids are going to live for God? I want to do something here. I would like every woman, every lady, every girl in the house of the Lord come down to the front. All, all, all of the ladies, if you can, I want you to come. And as soon as the ladies come, I want all the men to come right behind them. Stand behind your daughter, your wife, your cousin, whatever it is. I want all the ladies to come. Come on, let's pray. Come on, men. Gather in behind your ladies. I believe that in this moment, there's some women. Listen, I, I don't want you to misunderstand my, my message here today. Deborah rising up was not easy. Amen? It wasn't the easy thing to do. It was the right thing to do. And ladies, God is going to give you opportunities and life's going to give you opportunities on whether or not to do the easy thing or to do the right thing. I pray a blessing over you for the strength to do what is right, not what is easy. You're going to have moments with your children where you can do what is easy or you can do what is right. And I pray the strength of God upon the Debras of this house to do that which is right. Ladies, would you lift up your hand? I pray for courage to come in this house. I'm going to pray for strength to come in this house. Come on. 
Come on, we're going to pray a blessing over you. But there are some mothers that are rising up in this house. There's some grandmothers that are rising up in this house. Mama, if you've not decided whether or not you're going to live for Jesus, I want to encourage you to rise up and live for Jesus. Grandma, if you haven't made it up in your mind to live for Jesus, I want to encourage you to live for Jesus. Young lady, if you've not made it up in your mind to live for Jesus, I want to give you strength and courage today to rise up and live for Jesus because there's people coming after you. Come on. Come on, that's it. Men, would you pray for the ladies right now? Let them know you're not standing up by yourself. You've got some men rising with you. You've got a husband rising with you. You've got a son rising with you. Come on. You've got a brother in the church rising up with you. You've got a pastor rising up with you. Come on, that's it, ladies. Begin to pray. Pray until, until you feel the strength to rise up. Pray until you feel the courage to rise up. And a thousand generations, your family, your children, their children, their children, may His presence go before you and behind on, you rise and beside up. you.
lift up your hands all across this building. Come on, we pray a blessing over you. We pray strength and courage. Every hand lifted across this building. Come on, I need I need some men of, men of God to pray right now. I need some women of God to pray right now. I need some young men and young ladies to pray right now. God, there's a rising up in this generation. There's a rising up in this generation. Come on, we refuse to see our nation go down the direction it's going. We, re we refuse to see young people, amen, being lost. We refuse to see this generation given over to all sorts of wicked imaginations and devices. We're rising up as a church. We're rising up as a church to teach them. We're rising up as a church to love them. Amen. You're praying, I want you to keep praying, but Galatians, Paul relates the church to being like Jerusalem, which is the mother of us all. The church, the church is, if Jesus is the second Adam, the church is the second Eve. Amen. And there are people that are going to come into the church. They're going to come into this place. They're going to need love direction. I want to tell you, Art, we've got, we got, we have had people and we still have people and thank God coming from all sorts of backgrounds. But they need to come into a church of people that have risen up. Risen to the challenge. The first century church. You know, I could get off on this tangent, I won't. You know why the Bible talks about very little about children in the New Testament? why they, the disciples rebuked Jesus, the, uh, rebuked Jesus' disciples, or the disciples rebuked the kids, if you want to know why that is. Because in their time, kids were a nuisance, much like they seem to be today. No, 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 and I'm, I'm not trying to judge anybody, but no, you got too much life to live. That kid will be a burden on you. And so kids, much like they do in, 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 in our world and in foreign countries, would just run around. They had nothing, nobody. They were orphans. You know how the church grew so fast? The church, this we live in a Western society where there's orphanages and there's all these daycares and all these. That is a Christian mindset. That was not the Roman Grecian mindset. That was not the Jewish mindset. That came from the church. The church grew because the church, which is the mother of us all, started taking people in, taking kids in. They took the unwanted. I want to tell you, this is why we, we, we thank God for our Sunday school department that picks up kids from around this area. And I pray that God would help us to pick up. I pray that we, 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 get, we grow so much in our Sunday school, we don't even have room for them in one of our buildings. we got to get another building for them. I pray for that. But the church grew because the people rose up to take care of those that no one else would, to love those that no one else would. Apostle Revival Center, we got a mission today. We've got a mission to love those that are unloved, to care for those that are not cared for. Amen. I, I want to tell you, we are rising to the challenge in this generation. This church is rising to the challenge. Would you lift up your hands one more time all across this building? Father, we love you. We thank you. We give you praise. Amen. For every mother in this house, we give you praise for every saint of God that is that is fulfilling a role in this in this world's life uh, and in some child's life and a teenager's life. Uh, I pray, God, that your favor would be upon them and bless them in Jesus name. Everybody said amen.
We're going to pray one more time for something else. Um, Sister Bashado just informed me that her son, uh, they're, they're having a, a medical emergency. And so we're going to pray that God would heal him. We have seen God heal. We believe God to heal. Would you lift up your hands as we pray? God, I pray right now for Sister Machado's son. God, in spite of what the doctors have said, in spite of what he is facing, we believe the scriptures that you are a healer and with your stripes we are healed. We believe you and we trust you, God. Amen. You said that we should pray for the sick that they might be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous individual is effective, God. And I pray right now that you would touch him. God, turn back the doctor's report and give us a clean bill of health. And God, give us a testimony in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Come on, let's leave this building giving God praise. Thank you, Jesus. We have risen up. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Make sure you shake hands. Be friendly. Love one another. Tell every mother, Happy Mother's Day. Call your mother if you got one around. Text or go see her. We're gonna have we're gonna have some snacks here in a little bit. As well as there's a place for you to take photos. Mothers, please don't forget your gifts. We have those for you in Jesus' name.